You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. All right, well, we are into the Christmas season, and so we come into a Christmas message, and we're going to get, uh, we're gonna get all ethereal up in here as we get Christmassy. So I'm um, going to take a kind of historical look into your scriptures. The people who wrote this did not think the way that you think. They kind of had science and supernatural working in, in two different realms in their minds, and the ways in which they understood science were not very scientific. I could share some funny things with you that they thought were science that we would all get a good kick today as to how it's not. But when it came to the different realms of existence, they, they had these few major ones, but the two that we're going to focus on today are heaven and earth. Now, for you, when you think of heaven, uh, you, you all might have kind of a different idea in your mind. But a lot of people, when they think of heaven, they think of like pearly gates, cloudy streets, golden cloudy streets walking in, I, I don't know, spirit bodies of some kind of, like your ghosts or angels or something. Like that's kind of what we think of when we think of heaven. But for ancient people, earth was down here and heaven was up there. So when they looked at the stars, they thought that those were living beings. And if you lived in the ancient world, you would think that too, because you don't have these telescopes and things to zoom in and say like, oh, it's like really fiery kind of things. They just looked up at the sky and they saw that the stars moved every night. And movement, that's things that living things do. So they would look at the stars and say, okay, so down here on the earth, there's humanity and all the creatures of the earth, but up there in the heavens, there's a different kind of being, a spiritual kind of being, and those are their bodies, those stars that that move around and, and move every night in a very predictable pattern, but nonetheless are still moving. Those are alive. And so in their minds, you could fit those into the angels, uh, the heavenly beings, the sons of God, the heavenly hosts, the holy ones. There's all different kinds of terms used throughout the Bible to refer to the host of heaven. But if you were to wonder what the host of heaven looked like from down here, you'd look at the stars and you say, that's them up there shining down on us. I know that's kind of strange for us to think about because like, actually they're burning balls of gas billions of miles from here. No, Pumbaa, the fireflies, right? It's the difference between the modern person and and the ancient person it's like as different as timon and pumbaa right uh this is this is the way that ancient people perceived of this so when they look look to the stars they would um consider that as like the heavenly realm now if a uh heavenly being came down to earth uh then you would expect that if they're shiny up there they must be kind of shiny down here and so you see um, the ways in which angels are described sometimes, like they're sort of scary, they're terrifying. The way that spiritual bodies are, are kind of talked about is as though they're bright and shiny. They're wearing bright clothes and, 
and they're, they're like kind of these glorified type bodies, these spiritual bodies. That's why when Abraham's up on the mountain, like he's gotten so close to God that some of the like spiritual body of the heavenlies has kind of rubbed off on him and he's coming back down kind of wearing something that, that's still kind of shining from the experience that he's been in. So when we look at these kind of two realms, we, we start thinking of bodies in different ways, that there's, there's the heavenly bodies and there's the earthly bodies. And Paul's going to go on about this in 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to start in verse 35. When Paul's talking about the resurrection, he kind of brings in the two bodies that we think of, earthly bodies and spiritual bodies, heavenly bodies. So in verse 35, Paul says this, Someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. What you sow is not a body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly, or the celestial, is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body, a pneuma body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spirit that is the first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So when Paul looks at Jesus, he sees two different kinds of beings within him. He sees, yes, the earthly part, the human part, the skin part, the fully man part. But at the same time, when Paul looks at Jesus, he's like, but he's also a spiritual being. He's not from this realm. He came from up there. And so the celestial side of Jesus, the spiritual side, the almost like star side of Jesus, that kind of spiritual body that the spiritual beings wear, he's also made of that. And so we Christians, when we follow Jesus and we're given the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit begins to do this kind of transformation in us or this metamorphosis in us where it's no longer just the human body that we operate by, but the Holy Spirit who brings the spiritual body is already starting to form in us a different way of living and being and acting. We are like a, a caterpillar in a cocoon. We're turning to mush and things are starting to change. And, and when the resurrection comes, 
that is when the fullness of this human spiritual body then erupts into existence. But for now, for now, we're kind of in that middle phase where we're, we're wearing both Adam and Jesus at the same time, and it's not fully there, but it is there. As a theology, in theology we call it already but not yet. It's already but not yet theology. Jesus talks about heaven as though it's later and now. The Bible talks about resurrection as though it's later and now. That's why our mission statement in Jackson as it is in heaven, like we believe that heaven is going to come to Jackson in fullness, but it is already happening right now as Christians in their physical and spiritual development are bringing heaven here. And your life is being transformed as Christians as you are letting the Holy Spirit work in you in the resurrection right now, in the physical and spiritual hybrid that you are. So before we get to this idea that heaven is coming to earth and they're meeting like a sloppy wet kiss, this kind of almost procreation where the, the child of heaven and earth meeting is like a full blend of heaven and earth, that's where the Bible ultimately leads, heaven and earth becoming one. In the same way, that's kind of what Jesus does when he enters the world. In the Old Testament, there is a being known as the angel of the Lord. And I know it sounds strange to say that that's Jesus, but there are many, many scholars out there that look at the angel of the Lord and they're like, this, this being is not just an angel. This being is something more. He talks like he's God. Angels are just supposed to send messages back and forth, but this angel doesn't go home to receive messages. He just talks as though he is God. He makes decisions. He, he, um, God says that this is my angel. My name is in this angel. There's something very curious about the angel of the Lord, so much so that Joshua actually worships the angel of the Lord. And we know you can't worship angels. That's like clear in Revelation. Like, don't do that kind of thing. But Joshua does it, and the Bible's just like clearly fine with it because this angel specifically is God in a form that can be seen and touched and experienced. And when you get to Isaiah, Isaiah uses a few key words that makes us think in a very famous passage about the coming uh, uh, baby that's going to be born to us. For unto us a child is born. If you read that passage, there's quite a few words that make you kind of think of the angel of the Lord. And when you look at how the uh, people in Jesus' time translated that passage, they just say that the, the son that is coming to us, for unto us a child is born, he's going to be the angel of the great council. As though that being in the Old Testament who is God is putting on flesh and coming to live among us. So Jesus, already made out of a spiritual body, subjects himself to full humanity. He's shoved down into a womb, and he comes out fully human. He empties himself of everything that is not compatible with humanity. Yes, he still is God. Yes, his character and his identity still is God, but he strips himself of all that, Paul says in Ephesians, or Philippians, he empties himself of all that to become a servant to us, to become fully human. The spiritual puts on physical, 
and he strips aside anything that does not match the physical. And that confuses a lot of us because when we watch Jesus do ministry, we're like, no, 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 he's doing spiritual stuff all the time. He's healing people, he's raising the dead, he's doing all this stuff. But Jesus did that because he had the Holy Spirit empowering him. Jesus did that because he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. People in the Old Testament raised the dead. People in the Old Testament uh, multiplied food. People in the Old Testament healed the sick. People in the Old Testament did all kinds of crazy miracles. So when people saw Jesus do these things too, they were like, this is a human being who's been baptized with the Holy Spirit to an extent beyond what any of the prophets of old were. Like this guy is fully baptized. And so Jesus went around doing those things. But there's also a weird experience where Jesus shows that he is a kind of a spiritual being. Anybody know what story I'm talking about? Transfiguration. Jesus goes up on a mountain to pray, and then something happens. He's revealed himself. The disciples who have thought that they're just walking alongside a mere human this whole time catch a glimpse of someone who, in ancient literature, if we describe someone who was glowing, who was bright, whose clothes was bleached white as snow, whose face was shining, those are the kind of descriptive words that we use to talk about spiritual beings. Now, the transfiguration, the metamorphosis, and Jesus kind of gives a glimpse to his disciples as to who he actually is. He is more than human. And then that moment is over, and it's no wonder he looks at the disciples and says, don't tell anybody about what you just saw. <laughs> like, this is going to be important. The church later is going to have to understand that I am fully God and fully man. But right now, I don't need this word getting out there. As far as you know, this is just you know, the Messiah. The theology part will come later as you share this story when the timing is right. And so Jesus creates a bridge for us. Humans die. Humans go in the dirt. Humans are, by definition, they, they don't come back. But spiritual bodies are immortal. They live forever. They don't die. They're not put in the dirt. And so when Jesus comes to earth and he puts on full humanity and he lives a sinless life and then dies like any other human, he creates a bridge between heaven and earth of a new kind of humanity, the kind that Paul just described, one that is both wearing Adam but also wearing Jesus, one that is wearing dirt but one that is wearing stars, one that is wearing earth but one that is wearing heaven. The celestial and the earthly combine in Christ. And as he's risen from the dead, as no human can be, but a celestial human could, so he provides a way forward. If anyone will follow me, the same kind of humanity that I wear, the same kind of humanity that's provided through the Holy Spirit's work, that can be given to you too. See, if you don't have Christmas, you don't have a bridge. If you don't have Christmas, you don't have resurrection. If you don't have Christmas, then you don't have Jesus who stands in the middle and, and lets heaven and earth meet like that sloppy wet kiss. How many times do you think I could say that in one day? We had, a, we had a, an idea earlier during practice that 
we say every form of that lyric that people have said all at the same time. So you could choose your own adventure. We didn't do that. Um, or did we? But yeah, when, when you look at the way that the Bible talks about um, Jesus and his body and resurrection, you get this real understanding, like, there's, there's exciting stuff ahead of us. The one who was spiritual, that put on physical, is now offering you a chance to go from physical to spiritual. And I want to I be clear, too, like, that's, that's a whole new kind of being that Jesus creates, like in the heavenlies, there's spiritual bodies. In the earthly, there's earthly bodies. Jesus is offering you something that combines both together, something that only exists in one other person in all the cosmos, something that only exists in Jesus. It's the best of both worlds, which is why the res resurrection Jesus operates in both body ways. He just vanishes when he wants to. He appears when he wants to. He ascends into heaven when he wants to. But he also eats fish. He also has a body you can touch. He also has holes in his hands. He also can mask the way he looked. Like the, the way that the resurrected Jesus works is spiritual and physical combined into one, angelic and human combined into one. God put on flesh so that your life could be saved, so that you would no longer have to die. There's a lot of theology that goes into that, and I realize I've, I've kind of expressed versioned it all into this moment. So if you ever want to talk more, please come find me, and we will continue to talk about it. Um, but as we get ready to close out for today, we're going to sing a song that... Um, I wrote this week that just gives you the space to reflect on on the stories of of the angel of the Lord as well as stories of Jesus putting on flesh as well as stories of stars you have the fallen stars of heaven um, find their place as fallen angels but you have the highest star of heaven kind of a way that um, Isaiah refers to to God putting on earthly flesh. So we figured this song would make a little bit more sense after we kind of preached on it. And uh, give us a minute what we set up here. And as we do that, let's just prepare our hearts. God, um, we are earthly beings who understand very little about the supernatural, about the heavenly realm, because those are not spaces that we're from. And God, as someone who's done a lot of uh, deliverance and casting out demons, I've always found it fascinating that you just do what you do and you never necessarily explain to me all the fine details as to why you do it or how you do it or the way in which you do it in every case. Because that knowledge just isn't always for us. What's important for us is that we, we just walk alongside you. God, would this message give us all space in our own lives to think differently? That for those of us who are caught up in sin and, and we think that there's nothing we can do, we're just the dirt of the earth returning to the dirt of the earth, would we also now be empowered to recognize that you have already put your Holy Spirit in us and that you are bringing about spiritual bodies in us, not just later, but right now. But of course, Paul knew we could overcome sin because we have the one in us who already has beaten sin. 
that yes, we know we will die right now, but we know our lives can have so much more of an impact on this world because we're already starting to live into that hybrid space where the spiritual and physical have already combined in us. We are resurrection in its beta form, being ready to be released. Let us continue to perfect that into the resurrection that is to come. Teach us and grow us in these ways. In Jesus' name, amen. On this next song, you can just kind of sit and listen um, as I uh, get it all together.
upon this earth like any other day. The spiritual becoming physical, salvation in the hay. And then there he holds his mother's sense for just a few decades. But his spirit lives inside her heart. Thank you.